Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thriving Minds podcast. I'm Professor Selena Bartlett, and I'm here today with Professor Rowena Barrett. I'm really excited to have her on the podcast. She's an expert in thinking innovatively and being entrepreneurial to get things done. She is QUT's latest Pro Vice Chancellor for Entrepreneurship. She's driving the strategic direction across QUT and as a professor at QUT, that's really exciting to see that that's becoming an important element for the whole of the university. She leads QUT's entrepreneurship, and that's what we're going to discuss a little bit about today, because I think this is so important, and also to stimulate other people in thinking about this mindset outside QUT and the wider community. She is passionate uh, with individuals and years of experience to deliver to the whole of the university initiative, providing entrepreneurial skill. And thank you for joining us today, Rowena. Can you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Selena, for having me today. Um, as you've said, I'm the Pro Vice Chancellor Entrepreneurship at QUT, and this is a new role that recognises how important entrepreneurship is to our students' future in particular. You know, what we do is deliver things outside the curriculum for students, and it's all about helping them understand who they are and what they want to be um, and giving them the skills and the tools that they need in order to um, be able to see opportunities and deliver um, outcomes so to I have opportunities. To, I have to ask you, what made you um, lean in this direction? It's quite unusual, isn't it? Do you want to tell people? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I was the head of school of management at QUT. Um, I, and in next week will be my seventh anniversary at QUT. So as the head of school, uh, we taught in, in the School of Management, we taught management and we also have the Australian Centre for Entrepreneurship Research in that centre. And so I get students who come to me and say, Rowena, there's all this stuff going on outside in the world startup weekends, hackathons, accelerator programs, you know, entrepreneurship is really beginning to bubble away in the world. But what happens at QUT? There's nowhere for us. There's nothing going on for us at QUT other than curriculum. So um, it was through the initiative of the students and working with them and the particular the group, particularly the group QUT um, starters, that we've built uh, QUT entrepreneurship and we've you know taken a number of steps along the way but it is all about you know building the future for students but with students as well so understanding what they can do in their careers. So someone that's been around for a while in the sector what have you seen as an inflection point uh, in the last five to eight years in terms of this uh, drive in this direction, you would you would have to say that that's quite different for, say, 10 years ago. And you mentioned that you're involved in the Queensland government as well in this space. Yeah, absolutely. You know, years ago when we taught entrepreneurship, if we taught entrepreneurship at the university, we taught it around the idea of let's write a business plan. And people did. And students wrote, you know, really interesting business plans. But it's changed and it's probably as you say in the last 10 years where we've moved to a much more action orientation but let's have a go at it and then let's think about what that means in terms of theory 
let's reflect on the practice and understand what went wrong and what went right. Um, it taps into the idea in the entrepreneurial world, uh, this idea, this concept that people called FLEARN, fail and learn. So let's have a go. If it doesn't work, let's learn from it and try something else. Um, so, you know, years ago we didn't do that in universities. You know, we set everyone up to achieve and onward they would keep achieving until they left us and got a great job and then another great job. Whereas this is saying, have a go, try a few different things, see what works, see what fits, um, and we'll help you find the things that need that you need to help you achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. So uh, in that mindset, which is really what we're talking about here, isn't it? A lot about the entrepreneurial mindset. Um, what would you say, obviously, this looks like it's coming from a student-driven demand rather than, than the university setting up some kind of direction for the students. The students are coming to you and asking. Um, what would you say, in your opinion, is the thing that's changed uh, in, for the, from a student perspective in terms of how they're looking towards the future careers that they might end up having? Yeah, I think they realise, just as we also realise, that, you know, the first job out of a university isn't always going to be the job. And, you know, people don't have jobs for life anymore. People keep learning along the way and moving and changing. So, you know, there's this idea that you'll have quite a number of, well, a number of career changes and do many more different jobs over your lifetime. So, you know, what we do in university is set you up for learning rather than give you the piece that holds you in place for the next 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, I think that's been a bit of a change in university life. But, you know, QUT has been interesting. I've worked in a number of universities, both here and, you know, I worked in the UK for a period. Um, at QUT, there was a really strong and positive reception to student activity. You know, what did they want to do? I became sort of that pivot point between what did they, what were they saying what did we understand and then how could, you know, we influence the leadership of the university? And Peter Coldrake was really, um, as the Vice-Chancellor, he was really receptive to us building um, entrepreneurship and, and letting it bubble up in the university rather than saying it's going to look like this and therefore it'll be like this. And Margaret uh, Sheil, as a current Vice-Chancellor, has also been incredibly receptive to that. So we've been incredibly fortunate at QUT to have such strong leaders who are confident enough to enable new things to happen without having to control them tightly. And uh, now that you're leading this uh, great endeavour, tell me about some of the the things that you've really learnt on the failing to learn uh, thing or uh, or seeing in the students that it's quite uh, like some of the people we've already talked to, like Eleanor Curry and Kobe Lee, these are exceptional young people. Yeah, yeah they what are. What are the things that have really shocked you that you wouldn't have been aware of without having some activities <laughs> like this to support them? Um. I would say I have learned along the way that, you know, you can plan as much as you can plan, but 
it's the people that you work with that make the big difference to things. Um, there was one period at the end of last year, which was incredibly hard because last year was when we decided we would deliver program and we would we built some programs, we're ready to go, we're, you know, out of, out of the starting blocks for March, you know, three weeks later we're all home for most of the rest of the year. But we, we just kept going and we just kept delivering things. And we got toward the end of the year and I said at one of our weekly meetings, right, we're going to get to this point at the end of November and that's it. We are not running anything more. We're just all going to sit back and take a deep breath. And at that point, one of them said, could we run a boot camp? What if we ran a boot camp? What if we ran it for two weeks? <laughs> By the end of the meeting, they had planned out this whole new boot camp, which we ended up delivering. We had 65 people in the room from um, students and staff. And it was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, for me, it's taught me this, you know, this thing that you've got to let go sometimes. And But, you know, it's the people in the room that make a big difference. You know, with some of our students, we've got um, at QUT, currently there's a student that I've been doing a bit of work with. He's in second year business and law. And he and two of his friends have... Um, started a venture called Queen Sport Arts and they are staging what they're calling big ballet international gala. So their concern is that ballets around the world have not been operating over the last you know, 12 to 18 months. Uh, dancers haven't had the opportunity to dance and so there's all this training but there's no, you know, there's not many outlets for that. So they've, um, one of them is a dancer, one of them is a business and law student and the other one is an entertainment lawyer. So they have now negotiated with QPAC to deliver six shows uh, from late January 2022, 6,000 tickets they'll be selling, a bunch of international ballet artists they've got contracts with, they'll be able to bring them into the country because they're a visa exemptions for these sorts of um, uh, performers and they're going to be staging six really interesting and slightly different um, ballet shows not one ballet but shows that galas that essentially have a range of different artists performing uh, through the evening um, you know they've got sponsorship they've got funding they've been able to excite um, people who are really critical to the arts industry as patrons yeah they're just pulling it all together and you know none of them is well I don't know probably none of them's older than their late 20s um, <laughs> you know, they're all in their 20s and and they're just saying well here's a problem how can we solve it that's just you know that's just invigorating to see that happen it's so exciting isn't it to see that this is this is the way the future isn't it it's yep. going to be very much different to what we imagine in terms of what jobs look like and yep. and how else can you do it but to do it in some sense because we don't know what to prepare for in many ways yeah so what inspires you as a person like when you get up in the morning what drives you <laughs> 
Well, I, I think a lot of it is about the talent that exists and how that can be developed. Um, I think, you know, we at a, at a university, we provide amazing education across so many disciplines. And for me, I think if we just add in that piece around entrepreneurship, it opens even more doors for for individuals. You know, what can they do with their futures? What uh, what innovations can they come up with? It doesn't mean that they will all be entrepreneurs. Some of them might be entrepreneurs. Some of them might, you know, just want to do some things on the side or solve social problems. But for me, what gets me up is that potential and realising that potential with others. And would you mind um, letting everyone know some of the, the advances happening in the wider community that you see that are different to, say, a few years ago um, in these spaces? Yeah, look, um, I've recently been appointed to the state government's Innovation Advisory Council and Queensland um, has been extraordinarily uh, forward-thinking in this area around innovation and entrepreneurship. So we have now our fourth chief entrepreneur, uh, a guy called Wayne Gerard, who started a um, SaaS company here in Brisbane, which has now got offices in a number of parts of the world, uh, employs, you know, 100 or so people uh, here in Brisbane and around the world. Um, but what we're seeing across Queensland in particular is this flourishing of innovation and entrepreneurship. There's a widespread acceptance that, well, Queenslanders have always been um, innovators, but that there's an encouragement uh, around what else can we do, how else can we move forward. Um, we've got some pretty... Uh, wicked problems to solve here in Queensland, you know. Uh, you know, we've got the reef with the issues that exist in the reef. Some of them are to do with the relationship with the land, but others are to do with, you know, climate, of course. You know, there's all sorts of ways in which innovation can help work on the, the problems there. So, you know, I suppose we're just seeing um, an emergence of fantastic ideas and incredible technology that can be used to help solve some of these problems, which have been, you know, almost bigger than what we could conceive in the first place. So I was really uh, curious to hear that you think Queensland are innovators. So in, in what regard do you... Uh, what are you thinking about in that regard? Well, we could look at Qantas as, you know, that, that's, a, that's a Queensland, that's, you know, was a Queensland business. Um, there's one that I think you'll probably even have their products in your um, pantry, uh, Queen, which makes um, vanilla essence is one of the key ones that we all know, a Queensland venture. Oh, like Bundy rum and Vegemite? Uh, <laughs> Bundy rum, yeah, Vegemite. Well, <laughs> that was a waste product that, you know, not Queensland one, but certainly a waste product. But if we think about waste, we've been working with uh, a team of people in Mackay around Biofutures. So Mackay is a sugarcane town, 
uh, you know, region. Um, and while sugar is grown, sugar cane is grown to, to make sugar, there's a lot of waste that's left behind. And that waste can be used in a range of different ways. Um, so the bagasse can be you know, distilled. This is not exactly the um, technical <laughs> way in which this happens, but to create, um, to become an input into other, um, into other products. One of our colleagues at QUT has used sugarcane bagasse as part of making a, um, a, a mask, so the materials in, in a mask. Um, so there are, you know, there's all sorts of bits and pieces that are happening and Queensland's a great place to try out innovations because it's so big and it's so diverse. You know, what, what we see in southeast Queensland is completely different to the issues that we might see arise in far north Queensland or, you know, far west Queensland. So lots of opportunity. And, I mean, you've lived around the world too, haven't you? So... I, I'm assuming that's where you're getting your background information from to, to com make comparisons to different places. Yeah, so I was really fortunate to be part of a team in an MIT program, MIT REAP, which is the Regional Entrepreneurship Acceleration Program. So our team, Queensland, uh, was led by Arun Sharma, our former Deputy Vice-Chancellor of Research at QUT. Um, there was, you know, Arun Roman Hart, who's now DVC Research at UQ, uh, some colleagues from Rio Tinto, Wayne Gerard was on the team, Elaine Stead, who was Head of Ventures for Blue Sky Alternative, Alternative Investments. Who am I missing? So, oh, um, Damien Walker and before him, Jamie Merrick, who were the Director Generals of the relevant Department of Innovation with the State Government. So we went as a team and participated in a two-year program at MIT. And in each cohort, there are teams from around the world. We had a cohort from that included a team from... Uh, Western Saudi, a team from Melbourne. Uh, where else were they from? Oh, Yakutia, you know, the coldest place in the world <laughs> in far-flung, you know, edges of Russia on the permafrost. Um, where else do we have a team from? Say South America, uh, an African team as well. So we worked, you know, across... Uh, in that cohort and then were connected to the cohorts, you know, before before us and that came behind us. So even last week, uh, some of us were talking with a team from Nova Scotia in Canada as they're working on their regional innovation. So those connections stay and um, yeah, stay and grow and are really useful to understand what innovation and entrepreneurship looks like around the world. And what were, you, what were you working on? Are you allowed to share that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, there's a report that we produced called Queensland Connects. What we were working on was basically connecting Queensland. It's really as simple as that. But um, because Queensland is so diverse and more regional than it is metro, um, you know, more, more of the population is in the regions than they are in the centre, you can't 
um, you can't drive innovation from Brisbane. It doesn't work like that. So we've ended up building a program called Queensland Connects, which we've did, which we've been delivering uh, to different regions around Queensland. That basically gets them to come up with a challenge that taps into their regional comparative advantage and build a range of initiatives that will strengthen their local entrepreneurial and innovation ecosystem. So in our first cohort here, we had a team from Toowoomba, Mackay and Gladstone, and we are just about to open the expressions of interest for the next uh, set of teams from across Queensland, which could be in regions, but they might also be industry sectors that have got a regional focus to them. Is that where you came? Is that where you met uh, Eleanor Curry? <laughs> Uh, yeah well she was she was in Bundaberg but no I um by being connected across the Queensland ecosystem I've been aware of Eleanor um in that lead up to her rowing the ocean and I'd get all these tweets you know as Eleanor's getting prepared and then rowing you know and people talking about who is this mad woman (laughs) (laughs) who gets in a who gets in a seven meter rowboat and goes from California to Hawaii. Um, And I I invited her to come and talk to uh, a group of international students when we hosted the last MIT Innovation and Entrepreneurship Bootcamp here in Brisbane. And she was extraordinary. It was so compelling, the story. and then when I heard on the grapevine that, you know, she was looking for some other things to do, it's like, yes, you need to come and work with us. <laughs> and so Definitely. we're now an adventurer in residence. Yeah, what a great title and what a great idea too, um, yeah. which means that we could switch just quickly to the entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, as a leader in this uh, area, working across the spaces for a while, can you tell the difference? between someone with and without an entrepreneurial mindset? Do you think it's something you're born with, something you can nurture or something you can grow? And does it take, just like Eleanor talks about in her podcast, for example, she was someone that was bored in her job and then she had never ridden a bike and she just did it day by day. So I'm just interested to see if you think this is something that can be taught and how long it would take. Yeah, look, I think it's something that people can develop, you know. I've just been watching the men's Olympic skateboarding and looking at the joy that they have uh, while they're skating, you know. But to be such amazing skaters, they have to train and train and train. Um, I think an entrepreneurial mindset is really just being open Um, curious and then willing to have a go that that that's I suppose how you might evidence it Um, I think you can develop it Um, I think you can sort of switch it on but it takes an effort in in which to do it you know I would never have said that I was particularly entrepreneurial or particularly yeah, particularly entrepreneurial. But there's a point that um, a couple of years ago 
I went on a trip to Mongolia with other entrepreneurs and people from the ecosystem across Queensland. And we went to Mongolia for 10 days as a startup catalyst, a, um, sorry, a venture trip, which was supported by Advanced Queensland. Um, and I prepared for that trip. <laughs> I, I walked, I, I, you know, I attempted to get fit, which pff, sort of worked. Because <laughs> um, we had no idea of really where we were going or what we were going to do other than Ben Southall, um, who is an adventurer, was leading the trip. So it had to be something that was really active and really out there. So I prepared as best I could. I you know, got all the kit that you know, came on the list that we had to take with us because we were there in March of 2019. Yeah, March 2019. It was minus 15 degrees during the day, let alone overnight. Um, I knew that we were going horse riding and I hadn't been on a horse for a million years. So I took a couple of horse riding lessons just to make sure that I didn't fall off. <laughs> <laughs> um, we climbed a mountain. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we, when we were there, we had a, um, one day, one afternoon, we had a, a frozen yak poo throwing competition. <laughs> Um, we oh my goodness! Skate- I'm not going to ask. <laughs> we skated using a um, half a plastic drum on frozen rivers. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just an extraordinary uh, an adve- adventure, and we were there also with a guy from the uh, nomadic school of business. So we reflected on who we were and where we were going. And I've got to say, since that time, I have had such a different outlook around what's possible and what people can do, um, just simply by that moving out of your comfort zone, pushing yourself, and you know, also getting ready for the experience. It just makes a difference. It's a little bit like Eleanor, you know, thinking about I can do this. It's going to be incredibly hard. I don't actually know exactly what I'm going to do. But I've got through it and look what else I can do. So that sounds to me a lot like neuroplasticity. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, there's so many examples of how untapped that brain potential really is. You know, like you can, I could give you a million of examples, but these little adventures do open our mind by retraining our brain and the practice does that. So I think, yeah, the entrepreneurial mindset marries really nicely to neuroscience and the latest advances in neuroscience and neuroplasticity. Eleanor and Kobe talked to me a little bit about that too. So I'm excited to see that you were able to do that for yourself and see the potential that we have inside of ourselves that's quite untapped. I hope yeah. you can bring that to QUT because it'll be so wonderful for QUT to advance in this way because there's so much untapped potential in you know so much of our community. Well, that that's right, and you know it doesn't have to be as big as you know getting on a plane and going to no, Mongolia. Not at all. Days. Um, but it's just you know opening yourself to the possibility of doing things differently. You know, and even if that means. I don't know, you'll tell me if this is right. But, you know, some days where I just go into the botanic gardens, I've got a spot of grass that I like and I lie under the tree, you know, arms out, looking out 
I think, oh, my goodness, what, what else is possible now? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, who cares who sees me doing this? <laughs> Absolutely. You're doing exactly the right thing. There's lots of, um, lots of reasons for that in terms of how it actually opens up your brain. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, what's your vision for what will what were you, what are you looking at? I understand you're trying to do something that's flexible and unknown at some level, but knowing you and your previous roles, I'm sure you have a vision for what you're trying to achieve that you're hoping to look back and think, oh, that was really good. I feel like we made a difference there and I've achieved that, for example. What's your purpose? Yeah, I think my, my bigger picture is just about QUT as a whole that we all become a lot more innovative and entrepreneurial. I think there are many in many in the university system who are stuck in the this is how it needs to be because this is how it has always been. Um, and I would like to see us sort of say, well, actually, let's try something else. Let, let's have a go at something different. Um, you know, so, you know, I'd like to see a, a lot of action around the university where we've just got, you know, interesting experiments happening um, around what we can do together with the students, how we can work with industry, how we can play a huge and important role in the in the Queensland community. You know, it's probably no more formed than that. Yeah. Really? <laughs> so I assume that you're thinking about this in the learning and teaching space as well as not just in the developing businesses and things like yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And look, you know, at QUT Entrepreneurship, we are a little different to what happens perhaps at other universities. It is entrepreneurship. It's not startups. It's not ventures. It's not business. That's where many people will evidence their entrepreneurial action, but I don't think it's a place where everyone should be doing it. Um, right. I'm very open to entrepreneurship in all sorts of ways, um, in all sorts of places, in all different contexts. Um, and really, if that is just literally asking why, why does it happen like this, then I'll be excited. Have you got any um, mentors or other places around the world that you have really enjoyed watching their success in the same kind of way? Yeah, look, we work really closely with um, the guys at MIT in the MIT, um, in the, sorry, the Martin Trust Centre for MIT Entrepreneurship. And they've got very much focus on business and ventures. But you know, when I go to MIT, which I've done on a number of occasions, you can just feel the passion for, you know, building and creating things new. Um, so while their focus is a little different, it, it's just that, you know, the energy that you get from people looking forward all the time. Yes. And uh, so one other thing I'd like to talk about here is that entrepreneurship as you said, it's a failing thing and to learn and then some things you don't fail and you're really successful. And so what this means is, and, you know, I was in Silicon Valley for a long time as well, is that they have an appetite for risk. 
And that risk is totally calculated into every decision they make and they believe that there'll be about a one in a hundred success rate and they're totally comfortable with that. Yeah. And that led to, you know, someone writing a hundred thousand dollar check for Google. I know we're not talking about businesses completely what you're talking about, but just talking about, I want to talk about the risk element. Yeah. And the thing that I've discovered, I don't know what your feeling is about this, Rowena, but in through this COVID crisis that we found ourselves in, I found that Australia has lost its appetite for risk um, in the sense that, and this is why we struggle, I think, to be put on the map for innovation and entrepreneurship is our lack of appetite for risk. We, we always sell off our ventures really early. Um, our intellectual property is given away really early and we lose the value add that comes from taking on that investment risk over a period of time to get things, you know, into the state where they actually do re- do a, an amazing return on investment. So I'm just interested in your understanding, your appreciation for how you being on the Innovation Council now with some influence, how can we influence the people that are, are really risk averse for lots of good reasons, which I understand. How can we change that appetite for risk, especially in Queensland? Yeah, look, it is. It, it's an interesting one. There, there is this view that entrepreneurs are incredibly risky; that they'll leap into things. But that's certainly not what I've ever um, seen. They are very calculated. They're very prepared. You know, many work through that classic design process of understanding what the what the audience wants. Um, coming up with a range of solutions, testing different solutions, and then you know working down the path of a particular one, but it's always in this um, constant sort of interaction between what what can I deliver and what, what does the audience need. Um, in terms of risk in Australians, it's interesting idea. Um, I think COVID will startle many people uh, into thinking differently. Um, you know, we've, you know, we have been a country where it hasn't been required to, um, you know, step out of our comfort zones. You know, there have been great jobs available to many, not everyone, but many um, people haven't had to work hard work hard to get what they they need. You know, you know what I mean. I, I'm probably saying this in the wrong way. Um, no, I, I think, think I know what you're trying to. I know. I think people understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, if you lived in America, you know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, but I think COVID will um, will push people to think differently. All that it's happened like this because it's happened like this has been fine, but COVID's just gone. No, it's not possible. Things are not possible to to continue to exist in this way and therefore you have to think differently. So do you um, mind me asking where you've seen some examples of that already? Well, again, uh, some of our QUT colleagues have been involved in a venture called Ozveda. And early in the pandemic when um, respirators were in such short supply uh, globally um, and were necessary in hospitals, uh, 
these guys came together, clinician, uh, engineers, um, who else were in there, probably some scientists, came together and thought differently about how could you build a respirator. And they used um, pieces of kit from the mining supply chain to uh, put together these very low-cost respirators that they worked with the TGA to get approval for, uh, fairly rapid approval, but they, they got it nonetheless. Um, they were able to set up the venture and I think sell um, sell those products, particularly in export markets. But it was just thinking about, well, we've got these sort of supplies that sit in this chain, but we've got a problem over here. How can we bring that together and who do we need in order to do that? Yeah, yeah. So that, great example. Yeah, one way that people have thought differently. And, you know, I think as our supply chains um, are now, you know, in a little bit of a problem, can you get enough um, materials to build houses with? I'm not sure you can easily. Can yeah, I've been get... hearing that too from the Grace Grace actually at one meeting. So yeah. we're going to allow money for schools, for buildings and infrastructure, but she was talking about that. Yeah. Um, my colleagues in Gladstone, you know, they have a very strong industrial base but also a strong manufacturing base. Um, but there are many bits of kit that people can't get their hands on quickly anymore. So what can they do? And they've got a, a workshop coming up in a month or so where they're going to look at how, you know, what, what is it um, for, for businesses to bring in pieces of kit that they can't get easily and put it to the group, you know, a bunch of engineers, a bunch of manufacturers, a bunch of students. What can you do to create it? What can you do to... Um, to build this and see whether they can actually make the things that are needed in the town and make them in the town. Oh, that'd be fabulous. Yeah. That would be a great thing that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> so are you running that down here in Brisbane? No, no, no. They're running that in. So my colleagues at CQU will be running that and the Gladstone Connects team will be running that um, in a month what or two. What a great initiative. Yeah. So as we head to the close, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been it's great to see this initiative happening. Now, you have to have the last words. And um, <laughs> what we want to do is inspire other people to, to, to maybe reach out to you or to the, your team or to other people to find out what opportunities exist with yeah. you. So what would you like to do to inspire some people to develop this mindset? Yeah, look, we, um, we, we often think that the hardest thing to do is just start. You know, people have ideas all the time and then they think, oh, yeah, but I can't do that. Well, I'd rather people think, who can I talk to who can help me do that? And QUT Entrepreneurship, my team, uh, are always keen to talk to others because it is hard to start, but we want to work with people to help them start. So our programs, our events, our mentoring, our scholarships, which are available, we've got seven scholarships for incoming undergraduates next year, uh, our budding entrepreneur scholarships, they all exist to help people to get them to the point where either they have started or to keep, the, keep them going 
So to start and then to keep them going and, and do it in a nice, in a way that, you know, has no judgment if they want to change what they want to do, that's fine. We'll work with people. So we just want to encourage people to have a go and see what's possible. Great. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for being here on the Thriving Minds podcast. I hope we can get some more great new innovations happening, whether it's in Queensland or Australia. I think it would be wonderful. What We really need it, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Thank you very much, Selena. Thank you. All right. <laughs>